everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. I'm one of your two co-hosts, Michael Branvold. And as always, for the most part, it's always the two of us, Jay Gilbert. Because <laughs> I'm trying to recall. Yeah, once in a while. You, last you, week, I, yeah, I missed I, one. I, I flew solo last week with Susan. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, was a, that, that was a good, that was a good conversation. Yeah. Uh, you know, got that interesting comment, but we'll leave that off to the... Yeah. <laughs> you know, the show must go on, Michael. And, Can't uh, please everybody. No, can't please can't. everybody. All we can do is please ourselves. And that's, that's all that right. matters at the end of the day. Um, so before we get into this week's guest, um, just a quick reminder, a quick shout out, some love to Bruce at Hypebot and everybody over at Bands in Town for everything you do to promote and support the podcast. And DiscMakers.com, thank you so much for your continued support and sponsorship of the show. We know it's a digital world, but there's still an important role for physical media for today's independent musician. Digital royalty payments are so small that selling products like CD, vinyl t-shirts, online, and at gigs when they start slowly popping up has become such an important income generator. For every CD you sell, you might need roughly 3,000 streams to make the same amount of money, and that's a lot of streams. Our friends at Disc Makers are the place to go for your discs, and other physical media, including vinyl, USB drives, and even T-shirts. So we got a special offer we put together for you. Head over to DiscMakers.com, place an order for 100 or more CDs, and when you check out, put in the promo code FREEBIZ, F-R-E-E-B-I-Z, and you will save up to $150 in shipping costs. So incredible offer from DiscMakers.com. Just remember the promo code free biz so jay we've got uh we're, we're this week we're joined by jack foreman who's the executive vice president of of bicoastal productions a booking agency out of new york and it's it's kind of a nice bookend so to speak update so to speak from when we had dean yeah. on from the paramore group a few few months ago talking about when dean was talking about how this has impacted that's right. The the touring and, and live business. Jack's given us an update. How are things looking right now? You know, things are slowly trickling open, and what are artists mm -hmm. thinking, and how are contracts changing, and what are venues doing? Yeah, it was really good because, you know, when Dean came on, this was so brand new. We didn't know what the heck was going to happen. And now that we're into it a little deeper, uh, Jack provides a lot of good insights. You know, and, and he, he tells us what, you know, what as an agent, when does he see touring as tours really returning? And, you know, we'll, we'll tease you. It's yeah. going to be this year. Yeah. Not this year, people. Sad nope. to say. So anyway... Let it roll, Jack Foreman from Bicoastal Productions. So I'm real honored to welcome Jack Foreman, Executive Vice President from Bicoastal Productions in New York City, right? Yes, sir. So you're an agent. What have you been doing for the last three months? <laughs> <laughs> it's a great question. Um, and everybody I work with asks me that too. You know, the, the real honest truth is I've been very, very blessed to be home, you know, being able to work from home here in New Jersey. It's where I'm based, you know, uh, happy to not be doing the hour and a half commute every single day from the Jersey I Shore. Bet. And we have a one-year-old daughter at home. So oh, it's really awesome. been... Congratulations. It, it, thank you. It's been extra special just to have those, you know, mornings, afternoons, and nights that I never had when I was in the city every day. So... You know, yes, it's been just a tremendous challenge at 
you know, at the office uh, quotes, but that's kind of been the silver lining is, you know, my wife and I have all this extra time and, you know, more time for her to get sick of me. I, I, I can, I can tell you, I've got a, I've got a six year old mm-hmm. and, you know, I've done a lot of work from home over the years and a one year old working from home is a breeze. Trust me. Cause they can't get away. They don't make any noise for the most part. They're napping when they hit four, five and six, Forget it. It's just like go, go, go. Noise, noise, noise. Videos playing, TV playing. It's just bandwidth it, hogs. It's yeah. They're just That's you know. The big one. Yeah, yeah. I, I I had never I never had a problem recording a podcast when my daughter was one years old. It was just like great, no yeah. problem. I'll just put her in the playpen for the next forty five minutes. Yeah, but it happy. does get easier, Jack. It does because I have four college age kids, mm-hmm. and. You know, it's that curve, right? It's going to be a, a challenge when it gets a little bit older, and then it'll get a little bit easier. And but uh, good for you. It's great that you get to spend some time with her. So, so, yeah. so, Jack, um, let let's talk. So we 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 had Dean Sweet on from um, um, the Paramore Group a few months ago, and he was talking about how this just hit, everything he was going through, and what he was envisioning changes, and when he was envisioning shows returning and tours returning and great insight early on i would love to pick like a your, lifetime ago yeah it does it seems like a lifetime ago let's get an update from you now that you know we're you know three four months into this and obviously things are starting to slowly open up um what are you seeing are you know what's what's your take as a booking agent when it comes to live shows right now it really, you know, it obviously it took its big dive in March. You know, that yeah. was really when it all went terribly. Uh, you know, I, I was following the rumblings of this in January and February, you know, especially in in the Far East where we've done a few shows, you know, in Southeast Asia. And yes, they were canceling it out of caution, less out of fear. But then when it really hit here and I had multiple bus tours out on the road you know, you felt crazy. It. You felt it those weeks where you had, you know, a bus and a trailer full of backline and just artists that were here internationally. Meanwhile, that you were worried if you were even going to be able to get them home. And over the past few months, it's really just been a mixed bag. And the one thing that we can consistently do is consistently talk to our artists and to our presenters, you know, whether it's a festival or uh, a performing arts center or a club somewhere or a promoter just, you know, around the world. We really just need to know where everybody's at, how everybody's feeling, and it's it's really been a healthy mix in those answers. You know, I've had I've had some people say to me that they're closing their place down outright, which is the saddest their part. Venue. And you, yeah, yeah, and they're or they're closing down their that company, their promoter. It's 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 terrible, and um, you know they're still having trouble receiving federal aid. And um, sure. And also, and we're talking to people who don't know if they're going to be able to open. Definitely not in this year, but, you know, even into next year. And the rest of it's really been a lot of rescheduling. You know, thankfully, we've been able to schedule 80 to 90 percent, reschedule 80 to 90 percent of our shows that were canceled into 21 and even as far out as spring of 2022, which blows my mind. But you know what? I'd rather have them on the books at all than, you know, have them up in the air. So it's. It's been rough, but what we've had to do is really be there for our artists in a way that we never were before. We've mm-hmm. had to, you know, advise them, yes, on their careers and yes, monetarily, but also kind of handhold in all aspects. And 
lately, these past this past month or two, I'd say I've really been spending a lot of my time working with artists just to try to find these new ways of um, of, of finding revenue where they never could before. And a lot of them are having right. to step out of their comfort zone, but it's worth it. And uh, you know, what's been my favorite part of this is that I've been partnering up with these. Uh, various tech firms that are doing these live streaming shows and audience interactive types of experiences. And we want to be able to market that with our artists whenever we are sending them back out on the road, because that's what gives us the edge. And that's what allows us to embrace whatever the other side of this is going to look like. Cause we don't, we don't want to wait for it to get back to what it was. Cause it may never be exactly how it was, you know, and, and if it was, then we don't know when. So, we're just trying Do you to think that'll it. be part of your arsenal going forward, whether it's Twitch or Stage It or live streaming across social platforms or YouTube, whatever it is? Do you foresee this kind of changing the way you do business going forward to where people tour, but this is kind of part of the mix in certain markets? Yeah, I see it as a supplementary solution to a lot of these venues who are going to be scaling down. You know, I was talking to one of my front of house guys on one of the bands I work with. And we were just, we were having a fun little Zoom yesterday and he was saying, you know, you should trust me more with uh, my live streaming capabilities because I'll be able to do that now. Whenever you send us out, you know, if we, and, and this is a band of, you know, guys in their 50s, 60s and 70s even, you know, it's an older group and you'd never sure. think these guys would be up for that type of thing, but they're way ahead of us on it. And we've been partnering with this one service called Veeps, V-E-E-P-S, um, which is started by these two brothers from the band Good Charlotte. And, you know, they they were very excited to be, you know, talking with us because we're working more with venues than, you know, their their focus is primarily with artists. You know, they they really don't need our help reaching other artists. But when it comes to the venues, uh, we said, look, this is what we do. We only talk to venues all day. And um, so we've been working with them. And we've also partnered recently with a new service that's offering ways that audiences can literally cheer into their computer or into their phone. And it can be piped <laughs> into the venue. I mean, it's wow. it's insane, and it um, it, we're definitely going to have that as something that you know we're going to be offering up when you book the show. We're also going to offer you these supplementary services that can, you know, I guess help with the revenue that you might have been losing when your house was scaled down or whether your venue's dark completely. So let yeah. let, let me ask you, Jack. I mean, I'm sure you've you've seen the articles where it's like, okay, some of the some states and cities are reopening venues, but you know, it was a thousand capacity venue, but with all the social distancing, now there's only 250 capacity. I mean, I remember the the photo from a month ago of that very first show. I can't remember where it was. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, something like that. And that you know, it. as as a music fan, I'm just like, oh, it's so sad and pitiful because you've got a capacity audience, but it's only. 250 people in this giant theater it looks deserted and you know not just that aspect of it but how does a venue make money doing that how does an artist make money doing that is it even viable right now to think about doing shows so scaled down like that it's viable it's just a matter of how far out of one's comfort zone people are willing to step from the promoter's side. It's going to be a different kind of risk that they're not used to taking. You're probably, you know, if you're, if you're an artist or an agent, you're probably going to be getting a lot, 
a lot different looking offers and deals coming through. You know, maybe it's not the yeah. same flat fee that you were used to getting all these years that you very much so took for granted, including me. I definitely took those flat guarantees for granted that were, you know, a nice payday no matter what. But chances yeah. are a lot of it's going to be um, a dynamic offer depending on the ticket scaling and what's allowed by the government, or it's going to be a straight up split, you know, based on whatever the venue has. And, uh, you know, if, if streaming does become a part of it, that offers a way of kind of offsetting some of that loss, but there's no guarantees with it. So artists are going to yeah. have to be willing to tighten their belts a little bit with it and maybe even work twice as hard. A lot of our shows are offering the, you know, the venues where they're going, they say, well, instead of cutting our guarantee in half, we'll do two shows for you in one day. How about that? You know, so you can, even though you're cut down to 500 capacity from a thousand, do two shows and you'll Give still get creative. the full worth and we're there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, Walk us through a little bit, if you would, the difference between rescheduling shows and canceling shows. Um, I imagine you're doing both, right? Yeah. Canceling so, shows, you know, we're, we're trying to avoid it if possible because, you know, if you have something rescheduled, it's at least being able to stay alive and it keeps us alive, it keeps the artist alive and it keeps the venue alive. But if it's canceled, that just throws more into the fire. And yes, at the end of the day, it's deferred revenue. You know, it's not new revenue at those times of year where you're expecting to be making that much more, but at least you're not losing it outright. So we always try to do it. We want our artists to have something to look forward to and work towards to keep them motivated, to keep them creating while they're in this downtime, which can actually be a nice creative incubator when you're forced to live like this. So, you know, what? It, it's, it's day by day, but we've, we've had shows that we've rescheduled twice already. I mean, it's insane. And I, I even have a show coming up next month in Texas in um, Texarkana and they're scaling down the house and they still are telling me it's going to happen. Oh yeah. We're, we have a local approval and I'm just thinking my, I'm waiting for that call for them to say, <laughs> uh, you know what? We, we had an outbreak here or something, but yeah, yeah. power to them. Yeah. You know, I, I, I was going to ask, you know, are your artists realistically thinking they're going to be able to tour at all? And, and, and I mean tour, not just do a one off show because, yeah, you know, you could probably pull off a one-off show, but you can't pull off a 30-day tour in the condition the country is in right now. There's just so many unknowns from state to state. So are your artists pretty much writing off doing anything in 2020? Because as you said, you're seeing shows that initially in March were pushed back to August, September. Now those are being canceled and moved to next year. I'm sitting here looking at shows that are happening in October going, don't hold your breath. Yeah. I think it's going to depend by the country. You know, we're doing more and more in Europe and the UK. Um, and, you know, the UK is in a similar spot to us, I think, with with containment and with social distancing, especially in the live sphere. But in other parts of Europe, it's surprising. They're really relaxing a lot of the restrictions. And it's mainly due to the fact that these countries have done a bit better job of containing this outbreak. Um, I've got a show that's going to be touring in November. That's going to be in um, it's going to be in the UK. It's going to be in France and Russia and Finland and a few other places. And amazingly enough, those promoters are still hanging on and holding strong. Is it outdoors or or no? Indoors? They're all indoors. They're all really? indoors. That performing arts centers or clubs. It's crazy. And um, wow, 
at the same time, the artist is ready to, you know, write that tour off and reschedule it to next year. But I think that, yes, you're, you're absolutely right. The chances are most consistent tours that are not just a one-off or a weekend run out, they're probably not going to happen until at least 21. And it's going to be, people are going to be skittish about committing to that kind of a run, even as we reach the booking season of August, September, where everybody's starting to go to conferences again. And you know what? They're not even going to go to conferences. They're going to be doing what you and I are doing right, right now. That's right. On that's Zoom. Right. It's crazy. You know? I'm so, doing A2IM this week, uh, this yeah. way. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's nuts. But you know what? It's the new reality. And they're, they're finding ways of adapting. And the artists have gotten a lot more accepting and calm in the beginning you kind of had to talk them a lot talk a lot of them down and say look you know you gotta you gotta ride this out you know this isn't something that any of us were ready for or used to so your level head will prevail you know if you didn't get nasty with your force majeure clause or something on the contract that you were expecting and if you if you worked with people to really you know keep things alive then you're going to benefit on the other side how are you dealing with the bottleneck of, you know, now we have this gap where there's no, literally no touring, but everybody's trying to reschedule kind of around the same time. That's going to present some challenges with a lot of artists wanting to get back into touring and playing live at the same time. How are you kind of dealing with those logistics? It's definitely created a very packed 2021. I bet. Uh, and I'm hearing that from other agents I speak with. I was texting with a buddy of mine in an agency in the Midwest, and he was just telling me the other day, he said, yeah, we're a little bit depressed about 20, but if 21, if all the shows that we've rescheduled happen, then we're going to be in great shape. And there's always a glass half full way of looking at it, but there is definitely a bottleneck, especially for the festivals, you know, where you're deferring a whole season of festivals where, you know, that's to go back to your question about, you know, what artists can expect artists are going to be definitely getting a lot lower festival guarantees. You know, that was a real good place for artists and agents, including myself to gouge these promoters for a lot of money. If, if they had it, you know, cause you knew that they would be bringing in a couple hundred thousand people to these event centers. And, right. um, it's that not going to be the case. No. Yeah. Like to Michael's point, it maybe it's a half of that. Maybe it's a third of that. Whatever that is, that means less merch sales. It means less revenue. It means, you know, some kinds of costs. And I wanted to run this by you too. Are you being asked about costs associated with temperature checks or, you know, being uh, cleansed before going into a show or any kind of uh, keeping the... uh, the fans safe. Is anybody addressing that? Yeah. Well, for the venues that are going to have to institute that, you know, and if there's an offer that requires us to really know the budget of whatever the promoter spending, chances are, you know, that whole section is going to be added and it's going to, it's going to also bring down the gross potential on this. You know, that's a whole new expense, but if there's a way of doing it streamlined yet safe, I mean, you'd bet that these promoters are going to find it quick and they're going to institute it. Um, Chances are that's where I'm going to see it the most as an agent is on the offers. If uh, if that's a line item, you know, if temperature checks or, you know, equipment is ne- is needed for that, I'll probably see it. I've had a few people tell me, you know, what, what's your, what is your artist bringing with you in the, in the um, area of PPE? And I'll say, well, 
we never had a page for that on the rider, but I guess we probably <laughs> might want to add one. <laughs> right, so, exactly. Yeah, we, it's right after had to deal with that. PPE and then hospitality. <laughs> and it just Well, you know, and, and to that, yeah, to that point, are you talking to venues with the sense of, okay, I need you to show me how committed you are to keeping everybody, including the band, safe. What are you doing? How many extra people are wiping stuff down? Where's the deli tray coming from? You know, is that becoming a new demand from your side as well that you don't want to walk in and just go, oh, well, geez, nobody's wearing masks and they've got one bottle of Windex for, you know, a thousand seat venue. <laughs> yeah. I have some artists wrong? that are complete and total germaphobes. And, um, you know, one I know in particular, you know, he said, well, I used to love coming out afterwards to the merch table and those days are over until there's a vaccine and it's tested and proven. And I said, I don't, I wouldn't argue with you, you know, yeah. merch sales are going to take a huge dive, um, largely because that's another area of the venue where you have to worry about safety and social distancing. You know, it's, it tends to be an area where people congregate quite mm -hmm. packed in, um, with and without the artist. Yeah. And, you know, hospitality and a lot of the stuff that artists would normally ask for on a rider, chances are they're going to start asking for it more in the form of buyouts or it's going to be lumped into the deal because of the fact that these venues are going to be limited in what they can provide. And some artists may just not even want to take the risk. You know, they'll they'll provide their own ground transportation. They'll probably even get their own hotels. You're going to see a lot more of that. I'm already doing a lot of those deals where it's more a lump buyout or just factored into the guarantee as it is. Um, it's, it's different across the board, but I, I would say a lot of these venues, if they want to be able to stay open when they open are going to be taking it pretty seriously because they're going to be subject to a lot of government scrutiny at the local level. And this is a time where they're not going to want to mess around and potentially have their doors closed forcibly if they're not adhering to all the guidelines, even for the artists, not just the, the patrons. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just, I literally just read about a half hour ago that city of Nashville, um, did something to five bars downtown Nashville because last weekend it was packed and they weren't following gu guidelines and they now are basically closed until they can prove that they're ready to reopen again. Yeah. Well, I mean, Nashville, if you think about that city at a time like this, um, it, it'll never be quite the same, at least for a few years. You know, I, I compare that to what they're doing in Vegas right now, where they're literally opening everything back up little by little, a lot quicker. And Nashville's going to be a little bit more mindful of that, especially with all the honky tonks and bar and grills that, yeah. you know, we're. Um, and it's not as much of a destination yet. And I, I'm sure yeah. it will be. But what. It's it's probably some of the most creative ways of social distancing I've ever seen, uh, especially in sports. You know, they're they're finding a way of doing just about anything, and it's expensive, and it's not proven that it's going to work. But if you can broadcast something, and you know that becomes your means of earning money from it, they're going to find a way. There's always going to find a way, or they're going to go extinct. Yeah, you know, I've been reading two sides of this story one is there are folks that are saying look we're gonna we're, we're coming back you know nashville's you know opening up of course now they're kind of rolling back a little bit but but then on the other side of that spectrum i've read these articles from folks who are saying that 
touring as we know it, as far as this, whatever you call normal, really isn't going to be back for three, four years. It's, it's like way down the road before we're going to be able to just not even worry about it. We book a show, we go to the show, we know that we're going to be able to see it. I mean, nobody really has that crystal ball, but where do you fall in that spectrum? You know what? We found ways of staying busy, you know, and I, I can honestly say it's crazy because I wouldn't have expected this months ago when I, you know, came home and stayed home. I'm as busy as I was now as I was, you know, when I was still going to the city every day, but I'm busy with different things. You know, we're we're working with each artist individually to keep them prepared, but conventional tours are going to have to change. I have a, a spectacle show that we actually were preparing to open on Broadway, uh, in april and I've, of course that was shut down that was one of the hardest hits and you know generally yeah. it's a touring show we bring in the the people from italy and uh, they sit on a bus for six weeks and we're not going to probably be doing that we're, we might be using american cast members we may be using canadian cast members whatever we're allowed to do but it'll be small runouts we'll tour in bursts uh, conventional tours are not going to bounce back as easily because Conventional tours tend to favor a type of continuity and structure where if one piece falls out, it hurts the entire picture. And if you're dealing with a tour that's international, it's even worse. But I'd, I'd give it at least at least till 2022 to schedule something you know that's more than two weeks long. I mean, people will schedule tours. They're going to continue to do it. It's just a matter of how realistic it's going to be to actually happen. Execute and success. it. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, and you know, just from your artist standpoint, how are they are are they feeling safe going out yet? You know, there there's been there's been polls and surveys done where the general public isn't going to feel safe going out into large crowds until there's a vaccine. That's just it. When there's a vaccine, I will feel safe. Until then, it's not happening. Are artists that you're speaking to feeling generally the same way? Some of them. I have a, a group um, called the Hitmen that I represent. It's like a rock super group. You know, all these guys who either toured or recorded with amazing legendary performers. And these guys are generally in their 50s, 60s, and 70s. Um, mm-hmm. And at that age, you start to scratch your head before you take more risks. But at the same time, part of what's kept them on the rise ever since they formed this group has been, you know, getting out there and being on the road energizes them like nothing ever did and they're eager to get back out they're ready to play amazingly enough and i also have artists that are in their 30s and 40s that are saying you know what i'm i'm skittish i don't know uh, i don't know if i'm even going to go out until there's a vaccine which you may have to wait because even if there's a vaccine you're still going to have to wait through the trials it may not be perfect and a lot of people are going to be afraid to take it amazingly enough so yeah. i i do have some that are that are ready that literally would go out today if they could, you know, even get on a plane. But most of the time it's going to be the first wave is going to be people that are okay with getting in their cars. And then as it normalizes a little bit more, more people will feel comfortable getting on planes, but everybody's got to work at the end of the day. And the, the economy will dictate a lot of it. And uh, I can't speak as to what's going to happen in November, you know, and I don't want to get political with you guys, but regulations will dictate a lot of that so we can really plan all we want and then um be told that, it was that well you know and that's that's sort of what dean's takeaway was from all of this is you know there's no 
not let alone just U.S. nationwide, there isn't an overall world plan of how to return and open, reopen things, which makes it very difficult to put together a regional tour, a U.S. tour, an international tour, because, sure, you can play in Missouri, but you can't play in Illinois. So what's the point? Oh, I can do a show in San Diego, but Los Angeles won't let me do the show. And, right. you know, he, his point was it's just impossible to, to put together any form of a tour with all the scattered rules and regulations and rolling out and rolling back that's going on yeah. un until it's one policy everywhere that everybody follows. It's kind of hard. Yeah, my uh, my folks are in Wisconsin right now where everything is open. You know, leave it to Wisconsin to be on the cusp of progress and craziness at the same time. Um, you know, that's where I'm from originally. And they're, they're probably going to be among the types to want to kick things off first. And it's, it's unrealistic to say that it's going to, it's going to be as soon as they'd like, but I also think you may have to wait quite a bit of time for there to be a unified effort of reopening. It's going to vary case by case and state by state. And that's going to dictate a lot of the booking and it's going to dictate a lot of the, a lot of the art centers and concert venues that are directed more towards, towards an older audience. You know, if you think about a performing arts center in your town, the ticket buyers for that building are generally 55 and older. The people that subscribe to a 10, That's right. a 10 show season, you know, where maybe they get, they older. get one week, they get like a country show and the next week they get an oldies show and so on. Those people are the first people that are going to worry, you know, and that's going to be safer. Yeah. And the young kids at the same time who couldn't care less, uh, you know, they'll, they'll be out as soon well, that, as you can get them. That's a good point. If you're talking about the younger people, do you think that festivals will be the first thing to kind of come back because of the fact that it's outdoors and maybe slightly at least perceived to be safer and it's a younger demo? Yeah. Outdoors, outdoors certainly breaks a lot of tension because an open-air venue, you're probably going to feel a lot safer, especially in the summer when it's hot. You yeah. know, and you're you're less worried about containment if they're able to do it in such a way where it's younger people and there's I don't know if there's a temperature check at the door or something that you have, but you'll probably see it in 2021 summer as much as they can possibly handle. A lot of kids, and I say kids meaning anybody who went to Coachella, or, you know, conventionally or anything like that, they feel as millennial you feel entitled to everything. And now you feel entitled to the music that was taken away from you this summer. So they don't care. A lot of them don't care. I mean, I personally, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm 29. And, you know, now that I have a one-year-old, I'm obviously taking a crazy amount of care that I never would have taken. But, yeah. you know, because everything matters more once you become a parent. That's but right. I'd say if I was, you know, single and young, younger and, you know, whatever, I'd probably be out there ready to go. And, um... It's, but, you know, it's I, I, I think it still comes down to, you know, that a generation might be ready to go back out and the state may say you can open up your venues. But that doesn't mean the acts are going to come because, again, That's right. great, Wisconsin, you're open. But is it cost effective for me as an artist to put a crew together, get all my gear together, go to your one festival in Wisconsin and then I'm done for the month. 
can where you can't even get as heavy of a guarantee. Exactly. Exactly. You're yeah. going to have more expenses, less money will be made, and therefore you're just you know you're looking at it going okay. At the end of the day, I'm maybe going to break even. Is it worth it? Is it worth the risk? Is it worth it all? And and artists are going to sit back and go. I need, you know, six dates to make it worthwhile. I got to hit Wisconsin even. and Illinois and, and Michigan yeah. and Iowa and a Minnesota. Great. Now I can go out and do six dates. I just, I, I, you know, and maybe this is just the fact that fans don't know the other side of the business. But just because you open a venue up doesn't mean the talent is going to come knocking on the door. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna it's gonna be artists that want to play that are that care less about making money or at least making a lot of money and just want to be out there. A lot of artists right now, what they're doing is they're doing a lot of things that they can. They're they're just finding ways to benefit their crew, especially if they're finding a way to support you know their road managers, their merch people, the people that are absolutely screwed right now out of jobs. You know, musicians can find other ways, but if you're a lighting guy or a you know a sound yeah. tech you're really having a tough time in a gig economy like this. And so yeah. an artist, a lot of times you're seeing things like that on these live streams or even small shows where they're saying, you know, we're taking tips to benefit yeah. our road crew. And that may be it when they start going out too, is they say, we want to keep our entire crew and team and band engaged. You know, a lot of these bands, if the trademark is owned by one or two members, the rest are all independent contractors and they don't care what the guarantee is. They want to get paid their agreed yeah. upon wage. So, You'll see, you'll see that, but then there's just going to be the artists that wait it out that just are are saying absolutely not, we're not going out, and it's really going to vary by their comfort level. And yeah. some yeah. artists will act like nothing's happening and just be happy to be out on stage. And you'll see more artists step out of their comfort zone as more time goes on, and everybody craves that um, that validation from an audience, especially yeah. an artist. You know, I'm glad you uh, you address that. Sorry, Michael. I'm I'm glad you address that because, you know, there's this whole ecosystem that people don't consider, um, whether it's the support crew, whether it's the people at the venues who make their living, you know, at the venues, and it's all of these people, the merch people, the sound and lighting, and all of that. There's so many of these people that are just devastated by this, and the fact that even when touring opens back up it's going to be limited in some way, in some fashion, right? And so it's going to be a slow uh, a crawl back to the new abnormal. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be slow, but if new, if, if promoters or, or venues embrace certain new paradigms in technology that come with live performance, it may be sooner than you might think. Um, especially for the venues that are willing to open up and be more of a soundstage slash broadcast studio, which we're yeah, yeah, yeah. quite a number of them do where they have the technology and uh, yeah. they buy a couple of cameras and they keep their people employed and they charge a virtual ticket where there's so many different platforms now that offer you that capability. And the one I mentioned earlier doesn't even charge a commission on the, on the cash out at the end, you know, the ticket buyers paying, you know, their ticket fee and, that's where they're making their money and the rest the rest goes right to the artist or the promoter or whomever is putting it on so 
it'll be it'll be quicker for those that are going to be crafty and some may not be able to sustain that and they'll wait for the older model to step back in but i know i i I can't afford to wait and my company doesn't want to wait my artists definitely don't they're they're ready to embrace the change jack my my last question and you you started you kind of brought this up triggered the question for me when you were talking about merch sales um you know over the last decade or so more it's it's quite obvious vip meet and greets became a huge part of touring it was an incredible revenue stream for artists of any level um what do you think is going to happen to that are they just going to go away completely uh they may be supplemented in the form of something at home or you may you may it may be more of like a mail order type of thing i i know a lot of artists that are just you know it doesn't matter who they're just looking to stay away from people when they're out there and it's in a new state where they haven't been yeah i i know a lot of people that are going to be crossing off the meet and greet clause in this coming year and into 2021 for sure especially artists who uh, have not taken great care of themselves in their early parts of their career, which there's quite a number of artists that have been like that. You know, now they're immunocompromised or now they're trying to be much more cautious about it. I'd say I'd say you're going to see a huge decline in that stream of revenue alone, which, as you said, it benefited, benefited the artists greatly and it benefited the promoters. It was a nice extra to add on to a ticket. But with that said, it, I keep going back to live streaming because people are trying to add that in, you know, to a ticket that you can purchase on Veeps or Stage It or one of those. And you can offer somebody a $50 ticket instead of a $10 ticket. And they may get a, a five minute private conversation with you on Zoom. Yeah, you know, I, I just something. I just saw this week um, the band Striper is selling virtual VIP meet and greets. Yeah. Where I think it's like for a hundred bucks, you and a few other fans jump on a private Zoom call with yeah. all four band members. Yeah, you know who else is doing that? I don't know if you guys have checked out. I know Michael has uh, the site Cameo dot com, yeah. where you can get you know little video messages, you know, from Rick Nielsen from Cheap Trick. Well, they're starting to do that same thing now, where you can have a private uh, meeting with one of your celebrity uh, friends and uh, create revenue that way. So uh, to your point, Jack, earlier, I think people are going to get a lot craftier, a lot more creative. They're going to look at all these different outlets and tools. And what's exciting to me is they're going to weave them into the way that they do business. So when we get past this, it's gonna be, the industry is going to be changed in, in a good way. Right. Yeah. yeah. They're going to find that there's, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. And right now... Absolutely. There's the there's actually an abundance of tech already out there, and now it's just going to be about creative ways of utilizing it. And um, you know, we were approached by by Patreon and Cameo uh, a couple of years ago about some of our artists, and you know, at the time we weren't as interested in something where they're doing like a you know fifty dollars for a, a thirty second clip necessarily. Right. Um, it just wasn't something that a lot of our people wanted to do. You know, but a lot of people do find a great a great career in that. Um, but whatever it's going to be, it's going to be something that is all about stepping out of the comfort zone as an artist, as an agent, as a promoter, and to a certain degree as a fan. You know, millennials are used to consuming content on the screen in front of them or on their little screen in their hand. 
it's going to be a slight change for those who are, you know, Gen Xers or even baby boomers. And uh, they're finding it, you know, they're, they're finding a way of doing it. And there's going to be a new platform every week that you're going to hear about. And you can either be excited about it or you can kind of resist and see what happens. Yeah, it's, it's funny. I'm thinking right now, years from now, you know, we'll be sitting back going, let me tell you, I remember the time you could spend a hundred dollars and go back and shake the hand and hug your favorite artist. Yeah. You know, boy, those were the good old days because it it is going to change now. You know, they'll, is it going to completely go away, the VIP meet and greets? I don't think it'll completely go away, but it's going to it's going to morph into something yeah, new. It'll be like airport security. It'll just be different. Yeah. You know? I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, these artists are, some of them are real weird and sticky with security as it is. So, so now, now there's going to be that plus, you know, a layer of plexiglass maybe. Sure. I was just thinking the same thing. Yeah. Maybe there's a layer of... Uh, plastic or plexiglass or i could see members of band coming out in hazmat suits and high-fiving everybody that'll be like yeah it'll be one of those things on the rider that everybody kind of laughs at I, you know and every every artist has that one quirky thing on the rider that is just really more for a laugh and to make sure people are reading carefully and that's right people are gonna have to take that part seriously because there's gonna there's gonna be sections now that talk about plexiglass or has safety suits. i don't know sure but well yeah, yeah i mean it's just gonna be sections of uh, you know, as a band, we we don't want anybody from the venue staff other than the manager coming back into our dressing room. Nobody's going to yep. be allowed. We we don't make ourselves available for for venue staff meet and greets. We don't, you know, n- all of that's going to start getting yeah. clearly we defined. We use our microphones, not your microphones. Yeah. Yeah, or yeah. you give the artist gonna a clear comp if they want to talk to anybody during the show. Uh, or before the show, and they just are isolated in their dressing room. Um, it's it's going to be something, and every venue is going to do it a little differently. And again, it just keeps it keeps coming back to whatever the artist is comfortable with. Some of them may not care even in the slightest. One of my artists was telling me the other day, uh, or actually, it was a, it was a while before. Uh, it's Lee Rocker from the band The Stray Cats. Mm-hmm. Sure. He told me he said he said if you could survive CBGBs. You know, in the back room at CBGB's, you can survive the coronavirus. And <laughs> I, I guarantee All there's right. a lot of people that are feeling that way and probably won't even care. Right. Yeah, but you know, here, here, here's the that's thing, true. Lee. There's yeah. not a lot of people that were in the back room of CBGB's. So no. <laughs> let's be honest. No, but yeah. those who were, they, you know, they'll take what they saw to their graves and they'll carry what they caught till their grave. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Super Jack, interesting Jack, stuff, Jack this was this was great getting an update from you. Um, where can our listeners find you, find Bicoastal Productions? Yeah, uh, find us online at bicoastalproductions.com. You can email us submissions. You know, we're always looking for new, uh, great new shows, great new ideas and things in general. Best email for that is talent at bicoastalproductions.com. And, you know, don't be a stranger. We always uh, like connecting with new people and... Um, do, do you, do you represent all genres, all styles, new yeah, unknowns? You know, we, we've gotten a lot more diverse. So if, if you've got something different that you think we could probably market, uh, I'm, I'm all ears. You know, we have right. we have classic rock. We've got modern pop. We've got dance. We've got spectacle, theatrical. Uh, we have a band from Scotland that does bagpipe rock just to show you how far we'll go. 
you know, we do we do just about everything, and we like it that way because it gives us something to talk to everybody about. So we're open. We're open, and right. uh, you know, if we if we don't get back to you, please don't be offended because we do get a lot of emails. But uh, yeah, we'll try. Awesome, well, Jack. Thank you so much. Jack, thank you for so the much. thank you for the update and thank you and and best of luck getting business back on its feet again. Yeah, keep Absolutely. in touch, man. Let me know Absolutely. how this Thank you guys goes. for having me. I really appreciate it. You bet. Take care. All right. Bye bye now. Discmakers.com. Use code FREEBIZ for ground shipping on CD orders of a hundred units or more, a hundred and fifty dollar value. It was great getting that update from Jack as to how things are, are moving yeah. along. I mean, you know, we're seeing some some good positive changes here, but I guess my take is we're still very early in this game. It's yeah, we very really are. Early. We don't know. And we'll have to, you know, get some updates from Jack as we move forward because, as you mentioned before, we had somebody on early and we were speculating on some things. Now we have Jack on today, but two, three months down the road, it could be a totally different picture. Yeah, I mean, there's we we just don't know. I mean, we're starting to see, like I brought up, you know, Nashville went after five bars that weren't following, and um, you know, are some of these states that are seeing a second wave going to impact tightening restrictions? I mean, I just read today that California is considering a statewide order on everybody wearing masks anywhere. Yeah. Uh, you know, don't know. I mean. I'd like to think 2021 is going to be much better, but we're all just kind of hoping. That's just based on pure yeah. hope at this point in time. Yeah, we're not aligned yet. I, I hope you're right, but you know we're seeing some of these towns, without going too deeply into it, we're seeing a lot of these cities that are reopening maybe a little too quickly, and we're seeing things spike again, and they're rolling it back, and Nashville is one of those areas. I just hope that we get through this warmer weather, people wear their masks, they socially distance, and we can put this thing down. But it's really going to be that vaccine that you mentioned earlier. Yeah, I think, I think at the end of the day, that's what's going to make everybody feel safe again to go back out. Yeah, but, will you know, will that also, will this also leave something in the back of all of our minds of, okay, I'm safe from COVID-19. What about COVID-20 that we don't know about? <laughs> yeah. You know, that could, that could show up There's at a moment's notice like this one did and it's a yeah, completely yeah. new vaccine and we're not ready for it and do we go through this whole routine again um you know this and now is, you're just ruining my day yeah <laughs> I, you know and i'm sorry but you know i think you know the people who are doing this as a business are thinking of that how do we how do we get be. through this but how do yeah. we make sure we're set up so when the next one does happen because it will eventually happen we're in a better situation that we don't just have to shut down completely. Yeah. Yep. Good conversation. Yeah. yeah. Interesting times we were in. So uh, quick shout out to Bruce and Hypebot.com, yeah, Bands you, in Town. Thank you for everything you do to support us. And, of course, DiscMakers.com. Thank you for your continued sponsorship of the Music Biz Weekly podcast. Uh, just a quick reminder, if you're watching or listening on YouTube, hit that red subscribe button. Or as, as the kids like to say, pound that red subscribe button. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to my daughter on all that's the videos, funny. and that's what they always say, the host. Pound, pound, that, pound button. that button. I'm like, what do you mean, right. pound it? It's just it's a keyboard. Don't break the keyboard. Yeah. Um, if you're on, on Spotify, hit the follow button. 
pound that follow button on Spotify. <laughs> pound the subscribe button on iTunes. Pound that subscribe pound button. Pound a review and a rating into iTunes. <laughs> we would yeah. greatly appreciate it. Um, that's it. Music Biz Weekly Podcast. We'll see you next episode. <laughs>